Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Focus Seacast. I'm your host, Focus, and today I'm talking with Jeff of New England Compost. Jeff owns a small composting facility located in Danbury, Connecticut. But before we get into this episode, I'd like to give a huge shout out to Marilyn Masher of Manifest Destiny Seaco. You can find him on Instagram at Marilyn underscore Masher. He sent me a few packs of seeds for Patreon supporters. One pack is his Black Mass, and the other pack is his Black Afghanic. So you want to be able to get those on the Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash focus seedcast. I'd also like to give a huge shout out to Meow's Trap Seeds. You can find him on Instagram app Meow's Trap Seeds too. He sent me a pack of Holy Grail Kush crossed with Jojo Midas, as well as a pack of Garlic Breath crossed with Sour Grapes 24 Karat Gold. These packs will also be up for Patreon supporters only. That's patreon.com forward slash focus seedcast. You can find this deal under the Harvest the Seed tier. Without further delay, here's Jeff. Hey cool. Jeff from New England Composting, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm thanks doing well. for uh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how'd you get started doing the composting? Uh, the the short version is um, uh, I used to do Lance. Actually, I was doing woodways grinding, um, and uh, I was doing that for municipalities. And what ended up happening was. Um, I, uh, I found a piece of property in Danbury um, through, a, through a mutual friend. And um, what I was doing when I was doing the grinding, um, talking with the property owner, he had some materials there at his, at his facility that he needed cleaned up. So long story short, we just came up with a, uh, like a mutual agreement. Um, I was able to use a piece of property. I cleaned up his material. And then that just evolved um, into the composting world because I was predominantly doing a lot with horse manure, and I, which I still do to present day, but um, a lot with the horse manure and leaves. And then I found a, uh, you know, that niche was only good for, like, for mulch at the time because it's very, uh, very carbon-based. Um, you know, a lot of the horses here are bedded on uh, wood shavings. So, so that... Um, that's how it evolved. And then I just, uh, what ended up happening is in 2014, um, I, uh, I was permitted already for a couple of years prior. Um, in 2014, I changed my permit over to start accepting food waste, uh, cause of the laws here in Connecticut. Um, they were, uh, they're trying to get the food out of the landfill. So I altered my permit and I started accepting food waste. And then when that started, that's when I started really honing in on some, different recipes for making some quality compost. There's a lot of good compost out there, but um, I wanted to do something different. And uh, the food waste, when the laws came in, it actually helped out. It got people thinking, and and that's where I started to help evolve some of my own uh, composting uh, recipes. So um, that's really how it started, and then uh, just over the years, um, I've just tweaked it. Um, I found the good things and the bad things with, with compost and food waste. And now I've really gotten to a point where I'm, I'm really specific on the feedstocks that go in because in the end, that's what makes uh, a really unique, um, high quality compost. And, and I'm fortunate to be where I am, you know, in, in Southern Connecticut, Western Southern Connecticut, um, we're privy to some really good companies, uh, that are sustainably minded. So 
um, we've, we've really started working together and we've got some cool things going on now. Yeah. So what kind of source materials are you working with to make your blends? Yeah. So really what I've done is, uh, I've moved away from food waste. Uh, biggest reasons, contamination, uh, contamination, the PLU stickers, uh, those, yep. those stickers, they're, they're tough, man. And they're plastic based. So they do not break down and they evidently end up in a finished product. And when you're trying to make a quality compost and people see the stickers, some people get it, they understand, but some people just, you know, they, they don't want to see it. So yeah, I've, I've I, many stickers in, <laughs> in my compost oh my and soil mixes over the years. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I've, I've screened some stuff sometimes and it's almost looked like a ticker tape parade to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, yeah. So what I've done is I moved away from that and, uh, I, I, I'm working with some really good companies now and one of them, or just to, to name a few, uh, Lesser Evil, which is a Danbury, Connecticut-based uh, organic popcorn company. I've been composting their um, popped and unpopped popcorn now for almost a year and a half, going on two years. And now we've also partnered up with um, Bigelow Tea out of Fairfield, Connecticut. So we're composting their, their tea and botanical waste. And uh, another company is Ideal Fish which is based out of Waterbury, Connecticut. So we're composting their whole fish and fish manure uh, because they are a, uh, re they're like uh, a recirculating aquaculture facility. So they have to capture the, the manure. And okay. uh, that makes, they're, yeah. They're based in Waterbury? Yeah. Where in Waterbury are they? I've never um, heard of them. Off of exit 25-ish around there, 25, 26. Okay. Um, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember the name of the road offhand. Um, but it's a pretty cool. It's a pretty cool system. I mean, if you YouTube them and you look at it, you can see how their system was designed and built. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but I to get to check them out. Yeah, yeah. To get their fish manure, I mean, that's that's a really great food source. Uh, you know, for the microbes and stuff. So we got that going on. Um, I actually have a horse farm over here in uh, in in Ridgefield, Connecticut they've switched over the bedding to hemp. So in the near few, I think starting this month, July, um, we're going to start composting the hemp manure, hemp bedding for the, from the horse stalls. So I'm pretty excited about that because that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, I haven't done that before. So uh, I'm interested to see how that's going to turn out. And I, every, all the research I've done, it sounds really cool. Um, so yeah, so we got some really, really unique and very diverse feedstocks now. And the nice part is they're really clean feedstocks. So that really, really helps. But, um, you know, the way I, I try and help my customers out is, um, you know, I just explain to them, you know, the more diversity you can put into your compost, you know, the better off it's going to be. And then on the other hand, the way it's processed as well is is very important um you know uh to make a quality compost so um so we're really just honing in on, on some pretty cool things and and making some really good compost now so i mean at least we think i mean like i said there's a lot of good ones i'm not knocking it but um we're just trying to make something that's just really different yeah so you're still using like wood chips or remineal wood or anything like that at all you know what? Um, I, I was in a couple batches and really I was using wood chips. Um, it was 
you know, it wasn't really Ramiola. It was part Ramiola, part all the tree, you know, it's just coming in from the tree guys. So um, what was ended up happening was I was really using the wood chips as a, um, yes, it's a, it's a carbon source, but I was using it as a bulking agent. Um, And what I ended up finding out was I was using a lot of it just to get air into the pot because I do an aerated static pile compost. And so I blow air into the pile. Um, which is set, uh, the blower set to a timer. So it, it, it blows air at certain intervals. Um, so the wood chips were my bulking agent. And what ended up happening was by the time I go through the, the stages of composting and, and get it to a final product to screen it, I was getting a lot of the small wood chip was coming out. And then it almost started looking like a mulch. And even though it's, the chip is broken down, the, the lignin, the cellulose that's in it is broken down. It still had that chippy look to it. And, you know, people were questioning it. So I, I get it. So I've kind of backed off on using so much wood chip. Um, I'm really just trying to eliminate it if I could, but it's a great source. It's a great component going into the, into the, into the mix. So um, I think we're going to incorporate just a, a little bit, not a lot, but just, just a little bit. Um, going in we actually what I'm using for the porosity now is the um, the unpopped popcorn that uh, that we're getting brought in from lesser evil because it just it holds its structure it doesn't uh, it breaks down through the process composting process but it really keeps things from from binding up not as well as the wood chip but it's it's a different source to complement I guess you could say yeah that's really interesting yeah it's cool so so then how so you mentioned a little bit about your composting methods what do you you, Mm -hmm. you, so you're actually like pumping air into your piles how are you turning them yeah uh, yeah so um what i ended ended up doing was um when i started taking in food waste obviously it's it's highly odorous and i'm on a i'm on a farm i'm on a working vegetable farm in danbury but uh you're surrounded by houses you know less than a quarter of a mile away and probably in two directions so by um the only way i could start composting food waste at that time was to use an aerated static pile so what i do is um i have perforated pipes i I set them on the ground and um and then those pile those pipes are hooked to a diaphragm which is then hooked to a blower and so what ends up happening is when I get the carbon and I you know, get my mix put together, place it on the air, place it on the pipes, excuse me. And then I put a, uh, a biofilter over the top of it, which my biofilter is, is finished compost. So that'll scrub any odors um, when the air pushes through the pile. Um, and so that's, that's really the only way that I could do some of these you know, food waste and now even with fish because it's very odorous, um, is to do it with an aerated static pile. And the nice part about the, the, the aeration system is, for one, I'm completely off-grid, so my blower runs on, on solar, so I'm 100% renewable, which is, um, which is I'm, I'm stoked about that, because it's a, it's a pretty cool system, the way, the way it works. And it fits my business model as well, but um, the... Uh, the blower is, um, you know, set to a timer. And like I was saying, that timer runs at certain intervals and I have to adjust it every now and again, depending on the feedstocks. But 
um, running an aerated static pile, it, it makes for a higher quality compost because for one, you're not turning it constantly uh, with a machine. And two, you're letting biology break that material down. And my biggest things that I have to give it are air and water. And those are two things that I can pretty much control. And, uh, and then the microbes, just, they do the rest and they break that material down. And, um, you know, I run, I run uh, one cycle. The first phase is a 30-day phase on the air. And when that cycle is done, you pull the pipes out from underneath the pile and then you re-homogenize the, the mix and wet it if you have to because you are going to get dry spell dry, dry pockets within that and then i'll either do one or two things i'll i'll mix it and then place it back on the aeration system for another two weeks or depending on how much raw feedstock i have coming in i will um i sometimes will take it and lay it out and put it in windrows and i hit it with a uh with our compost turner. So I have two different methods that I can do to get that material broken down, but the primary is the aeration system by far. Um, it's, it's, it's been a very, very productive uh, system um, on many facets for me. Okay, so you're like laying this pipe down, building the pile on top of the pipes and you have to pull the pipes out or you're taking the pile off the pipes? No, no, so what I do is I use a, a heavy walled pipe um, because the weight of the compost as it breaks down will literally collapse a, a standard pipe that you can get at a box store. Yeah. Um, so I use what is, uh, is an SDR 11 pipe. Um, and so at the end of it, so the, the tail ends um, are capped just with, with, um, with four inch rubber, rubber caps. And uh, you, you leave about two to three feet exposed on the ends. And so you just hook a chain on it and then I hook that up to the loader and then I, I just I pull them out. Um, just pull them out from underneath the pile. Um, it's the most effective way of doing it. The, the, the pipes are so strong that they really don't get damaged by the chain because there's a lot of force on that, on those pipes with that compost coming, sitting on top of it. Um, but uh, yeah, we just, we pull them out and, uh, and then pull them all out and then, and then just essentially from there, saturate the pile if need be or wet it a little bit if need be and then just re-homogenize uh, re it. Just to get every, because there's going to be some things that just aren't going to break down. Because on an aerated system, you lose usually, on the average, you lose between two to three percent moisture a day running an aerated system. So you will get dry pockets in there, and you can't tell. Obviously, it's in a pile that you don't touch for thirty days. Um, so you will not get any decomposition in there. So that's where you have to go in and water it, and then reblend everything, and then, um, and like I said, either put it on uh, air again for another two weeks or put it out in windrows and hit it with the turner. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I don't know anyone else commercially who's using like a, that kind of system. You know, everyone else that I know does, you know, just turns. Yeah. You know, they have a compost turner and that's, that's about it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And you know, for me, it's, um, you know, you know, I'm a, obviously I'm on a small scale. I'm the smallest compost facility here in the state of Connecticut. We have some larger producers and you're exactly right. Some of those guys are, um, you know, hitting with turners, uh, putting them in, putting the material in grinders and grinding it up that way, then hitting it with a turner or hitting with a loader. Um, I'm just taking a different approach to it because I truly believe the best compost comes from letting the microorganisms break it down. And, um, you know, granted, yes, I am doing some mechanical work, you know, using the loader uh, to move it and things like that. But 
my my for me my whole philosophy is to get that material broken down very quickly from a raw state to not some not a stable state but just broken down um you know that's that's feasible um and then i can manage it after that by either hitting it with a turner um which i really like doing because you got to imagine after a 30-day cycle and or a two-week cycle on air you're still not going to get all that uh nitrogen source broken down um you can only do what you can do with a loader and then that and then that's it but what's nice with a turner is it will literally just blend everything together and break up clumps break up any anaerobic clumps if they're in there um uh, pulverize any nitrogen available nitrogen that's in there so then the, the the micros can go in and 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 start working on that part so yeah it's I always say it's a little more work but in the end it makes for a better better compost I feel because I'm not I don't rush my thing is I don't like rushing it I'm not I'm not, I don't have quotas I have to meet and I'm and I like that so I just I want to get it produced and, and then let, let the microbes and all that break it down in a curing state. Yeah. So as far as microbes, are you using any outside microbes or this is just what's already on the source materials that you're Yeah, just, just what's available on the feedstocks that come in. Yeah. I don't add anything to it. Cool. So I want to talk a little bit about some of your blends that you're working on. I know you sent me yeah. uh, your seedling uh, mix. So yep. yeah, so what kind of blends you got and, and where are you with yeah, that? Yeah, so, so right now, obviously, the backbone is just the compost. You know, it's, uh, we branded it Complete Compost because I think that name is pretty fitting for what it is because of the diversity that's in it. Um, so then, yes, we started branching out. You were kind enough to, uh, to run seed trials on, on our blend, and you've done a phenomenal job with the input, and I'm very grateful for that. So that's the, um, that's what we're really starting with is that seed starter blend. And my theory on that was always, I didn't want to use perlite. I didn't want to use vermiculite, you know, and I truly, I didn't want to put any amendments in it because it's a seed starter blend. So you're really going to keep that in there for two weeks, four weeks, depending on the plant, you know? Um, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to overdo it. And, and so what for my biggest thing for aeration is, is using one of the, the most readily available sources that we have uh, here, and it's rice hulls. And they've done phenomenal in the trials that I've done. Um, there's, there's, there is nutrient value in that and in those rice hulls, which, which is awesome. And the, you know, it's a product that's, that's constantly being produced, and we're not mining it. We're not, you know, using heavy, heavy things to produce uh, this type of, we are, but we're not, I guess. Um, it, it, it's just, it's proven to be really, really good. And then the other component that goes into our, uh, into that mix is, uh, is a horticultural grade peat moss. Um, I know that's has controversy in itself using it, but, um, you know, it works out really well and on our end, uh, just because our compost has a higher pH, um, just because of the inputs, and I'm using that, that peat moss to, to drive down the pH, but also help retain some moisture, create some pathways and airways, you know, for the root development and, uh, and for the water. So that's one, the, the seed starter is really what we're honing in on right now. And, um, 
and the other that we're, we're exploring is going to be a potting soil and that's going to be the next, the next step. And, um, so I'm just right now, it's just in-house trials on that. I, I haven't explored it with, with anyone yet. Um, cause that, I think we're going to have to do a little tweaking a little bit, but, um, you know, we just starting slow. You know, we really just want to try and hone in on things and hone in on like the seed starter blend to make it, it's not going to be the best one out there. It's not going to be the worst one, but we just want to get it so it's productive and, and that you, the grower, will have success with it. Yeah, I, I definitely like the fact that it has the rice holes and not the perlite. That's one thing I'm starting getting oh, my compost piles are getting pretty uh <laughs> pretty full <of> perlite <laughs> over the years so yeah. <laughs> it'll be nice to that's that was my goal to switch to something that i can actually break it all down and then it adds yeah. silica you yep. know as it breaks down too and yeah that's right I, li- I like that a lot better and also yeah, and there, I, there's, go ahead i'm sorry oh no you, you can go no i was just gonna say you know there's there is there's there's micro and macronutrients in there and and those rice holes take time. They don't break down instantly. So when you take it from, you know, a seed tray or a soil block and, and transplant it, whether you're, you're, you're well, if you're going to put it in a pot, it's a different story. But if you're going to transplant into the ground, those rice holes take a long time to break down. So now you're getting that aeration and into that soil. So it's, it's got a lot of benefits, um, you know, for it. And I, I think you're going to see it in the, in the future. You're going to see more more companies are going to start uh, switching over, you know, to, to something of that. I've, I've done rice hulls. I've done buckwheat hulls. Um, those work really good too. They're just, they're hard to come by. Um, but yeah, I like things that are just different and uh, the rice hulls really work well. Yeah. I've had mixes with like peanut shells and stuff that mm-hmm. you know, have been pretty good. Uh, yeah. I, I also, I, I'm on the whole uh, peat moss, debate i i fall on the side of i think it's more sustainable than people think it is yeah especially yeah. since we're up in the northeast and so we're yep. not shipping it's not coming exactly it's coming from canada what is yep. it like i think it's less than five percent of all the peat bogs are actually mined and they're, they're, they're the regulations are pretty strict as far as what you can do and how much yes. you can take out um, yeah yeah and i know they're you know they're they're telling you yeah, they're they're replenishing the bogs and stuff like that yes peat moss it takes a very long time, but um, same same thought as as you were just mentioned. Um, we're so close to Canada. The stuff I get comes out of New Brunswick. Um, they're very sustainably minded. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. My you know, does the coconut core work well? Yes, but look where that's coming from. Yeah, and, and I yeah. I mean, I don't. I personally don't like core uh yeah it's it's difficult to work with it doesn't hold water very well it has yep. no cation exchange capacity like mm-hmm. whatsoever yeah yeah and then i've had yep. problems with salt buildup too with with the core yeah because, yeah you gotta wash it yeah and then it's yeah. coming from you know south america and it's getting shipped all over the place so yeah right right so it's 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 a debate that's going to go on for a very long time you know (laughs) i've had plenty of people telling me yeah you shouldn't use it you shouldn't use it but it 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 really it does it works well it's close proximity um you know and i've told people i said listen in canada it's like a byproduct i mean they actually burn it to get rid of it is and they may not want to hear that but you know it's it's been out there so it's it's been a staple in horticulture for a very very long time and um they are changing their ways to make it more sustainably 
harvested, I guess you want to say. Um, yeah, I just, I'm, I, I'm, again, I'm like, you know, the core, I've done it. I've run trials on it. It's worked well. It, it's, it's got its pros and its cons. I just, I didn't, I had luck with it, but it just, it wasn't a fit for, for my overall uh, blend. And like I, my overall blend means logistics and, you know, effort uh, to go into putting it in and stuff. So that's part of the, the factor I've had to, to look at. Yeah, definitely. So I thought um, we talk a little bit about like soil food web and nutrient density type stuff. Where, how, where are you in with that? Are you doing any like um, microbe testing of your soils? You know, it's the, obviously I started, you know, you kind of get an idea how I started out and I, um, you know, and I just really wanted to hone in on getting some good feedstocks, which I, which I've been able to do now for, you know, over the past five to six years. What's yeah. The, what really fascinates me and, and I'm not, I'm not an, an expert. I'm not the go-to person on soil biology. I know enough to get me in trouble. I know enough to get me out of trouble. <laughs> um, but it's truly, it's, it's fascinating the way all of that, the soil food web works. And, um, and I, I truly, that's, that's like my next, my next hurdle is to really start to understand it a little bit more. Cause there's so much to learn about it and the complexity of it and how it all works, uh, symbiotically. Um, so it, it's it's one thing that I, I always keep an open mind on. I mean, as with anything, but the, the soil food web is really something that really grabs my attention because it's just, you know, if you can feed that biology or feed, feed the soil, you know, as all of us composters, you know, uh, are, are doing what we do, you know, making soil blends, it's really what you want to do. You want to feed that, feed the soil, not the plant. Um, and, and really to understand that, uh, is, is, is very interesting to me. So, um, I'm learning I, every day, every day I'm, I, you know, I'm learning something new about it and just trying to understand it as best I can. And I always ask a lot of questions. I mean, you're never too, you always got to learn. You can't, you know, there's, you know, there's people that know their stuff. Don't get me wrong, but, um, you'll never know if you don't, if you don't ask some of these people, these questions, cause it's just, it's an unbelievable uh, world that's that's out there in the in the soil food web yeah so have you ever looked at like anything with a microscope or sent a soil test to like yes. uh, new york's uh, ny soil food web or something like that yeah i've um i've never personally looked at anything under uh, under a microscope i've sent a i've sent stuff out to uh, earthfort labs out in oregon um and then i just came across a, a really great uh gentleman um down in, I believe he's in Tennessee. Uh, his company is Living Roots Compost Tea. And he was, uh, he was taught, I, I believe, under Elaine Ingham. So he's done some biology. He, he tested, I had sent some stuff out um, in early spring, um, some soil, some, uh, some of the compost, and he had tested it for me. Great guy, uh, um, very knowledgeable. Um, you know, and I'll throw out some crazy questions, and, and he really, he, you know, he answered them and, and things like that. So he was really, really great um, in doing that. So um, I try, I try and send samples out, you know, once or twice a year, depending, you know, the, the recipes are pretty much the same, but obviously it's not, not exact. So as long as I can uh, keep it within the, 
keep it within reason, um, I think my the, the biology is going to be you know pretty much on par. But it's always good to have it sent out and stuff. But yeah, some of this stuff yeah, it just you know blows my mind. What's you know like a fungal content and stuff like that that's in there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd be curious to see like what if it's more fungally dominated or bacteria yeah. dominated and kind of what's going on. But yeah. That's really yeah, a lot of my a lot of my stuff is is pretty much bacterial dominated. Even though you know, I will let uh, not my stuff. I should say my compost is pretty much bacterial dominated, um, and I will let it sit and cure for eight to ten months. I mean, I really let it cure, and um, yeah, you'll you will get some fungal hyphae in there and stuff. But I think it's also um, you know some of the components that I that I put into it. Um, when when it's when it's made but i you know the the fungi don't you know that's a back that's a thermophilic stage in the very beginning so fungi will not survive at all um that's one reason why i let it cure for so long is try and get that fungal component back in there but um like right now i'm just i'm playing around with a uh like a plant-based compost and it's heavy heavy in wood chip and i want to see how that will transpire for a fungal content um I want to see how that that'll that'll play out, um, you know, when that's all when that that product is is done. Cool. Yeah. Do you, does anyone use your stuff to make like compost teas or compost extracts that you know of that they've had good results with? Um, not no not offhand. Um, because my customer base, like so, again with the seed starter, that's just really just starting to get out. Like you you ran trials on it. I have a couple guys in Massachusetts that are running trials on it, some cannabis growers out there. Um, so they haven't, they were just using that as a, as a, as a soil amendment because that's truly what it was designed for. Um, so I can't, I can't really tell you um, if, if anybody has. I've personally, I've done it on my, at my house here, but I, I haven't made a tea out of it. I've just, um, I've done a, um, like an extract just ran passively ran water through it through a cheesecloth and done it that way. Um, that's really, that's really all I've, I've, I've done with it, but that is, it's something that's why I really want to hone in on the, on a, on a good compost because I think if you get that biology in there and you got a good blend in there, you can make some really good teas with it. Yeah. I'm actually curious to run some cause I do some compost teas aerated. Yeah. So yeah, yep. that'll be cool. Yep. Yeah. Let me know how you make out, please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to use the, like your base compost though. So I'll have to, yeah. I have to come down and get some, some time. There you go. <laughs> um, and then as far as like the nutrient density and stuff of your compost, I know you have to get that tested obviously, uh, because yep. of regulations, but have, yeah. what kind of, what have you seen on that end? Is it, is, is there like a really good, uh, you know, micronutrients and trace mineral content and, you know, so I pretty much, um, not every batch because you can kind of go broke, uh, having it tested, you, you know, it's not a lot of money, but it, it adds up, you know, it, it definitely adds up. So, um, and you know, for me, everything is, if you look on our Instagram, it's, you know, the first thing you'll see is small batch. And, and that's, that's true. I make everything in small batches and that's, that's due to the fact of I'm limited on the quantities of material, you know, feedstock for all feedstocks that I have coming in. Um, so, so we pretty much, um, we, so well, I'll test out almost every batch or every other batch, so to speak, uh, when it comes, when it, when it's, when it's done. And, um, and what I found out is with, so with the, the feedstocks that I have, um, 
you know, my, my phosphorus is, is really, it's a higher, it's a higher kind because I use, I use a lot of manure in there. But what was really interesting to me was um, my organic matter content. And uh, with all the feedstocks that I described earlier, I have an organic matter content roughly around 24 to 25%. Wow. And that's pretty high for just a quote unquote compost, you know, without any additives, without any amendments, without anything. And that's because of what goes into it. And, um, you know, so that's got a, it's got a high, high content, you know, organic matter, you know, pH is, is when, when the compost starts to mineralize, the pH is going to come down. It's, you know, it's high right now. And, it, and that's one reason I use the peat moss is to drive that down. But, um, you know, there's a lot of the, the, the nutrients are, are elevated. Um, it's just because of those feedstocks coming in. But what's nice about it is it's a compost product. So the plant's going to take what it wants and then it's going to give it back. The compost is going to hold it. So, you know, I have that more of a storage capacity. So you don't have to add those, the, the nutrients or the amendments. If you don't want to, I'm not saying that you can't because everybody's got their own, their own formula that works but i'm trying to give you a really good foundation and stuff so you know just as a quick uh as a quick thing i had um pretty much before i started blending all the you know, whole fish the fish manure the tea um my compost had a, a had a really good um organic matter and i thought that was 13 14 percent and now with what i'm making now you know getting in the 25 24 25 um, which was pretty, which was pretty cool because now at that percentage and, and I always butcher it. So I'm not even going to bring it up. I'm not going to say it because I'm going to put my foot in my mouth, but you know, you, you get, you get free nitrogen, free phosphorus, you know, for every percentage of organic matter that's in there. I don't know the exact percentages off the top of my head. That's why I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw it out there, but, um, you know, you're going to get these, these these um these are free available nutrients without adding anything so that's where i always say a good compost you know can do the can really do the work for you in the beginning um you know to get you going yeah i definitely like to get as close to like water only as i can yeah. if i need a supplement i like to do teas or you know yep. messing with some ferments yep. yeah 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 right. no absolutely it's a way to go so um, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about? I usually have some quick questions for the end that I like to ask people. No, I mean, uh, not off the top of my head. Unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's fine. All right. So, um, so what's your personal favorite crop to grow? So, yeah, personally, I have where I live here. Um, it's tough, you know, deer are everywhere, deer, woodchuck, rabbits. I, I, I just can't win, you know, it's an ongoing battle. So, you know, I, so what I've done is, um, I've moved away personally. I've moved away from doing a lot of vegetables cause I gotta, I gotta put up a big, bigger deer fence and so on and so forth. So I started doing, um, as crazy as this sounds, I started doing sunflowers and, and growing a lot of different sunflowers and, um, and I'll, I'll intertwine that with some, some lettuce and some tomatoes, you know, my wife likes tomatoes, but, um, I'm just trying to go after some stuff that the, the animals aren't going to eat, but I'll tell you what, they got my sunflowers. They uh, found those suckers uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been, so it's tough, man. It really, really is. The, the nice part is, so where my, my compost facility is in Danbury, it's a it's a vegetable farm 
So they, um, they grow, they have vegetables. I couldn't even tell you what they got. They, they got quite a bit of different things growing on over there, but I'll take some of my stuff that I'm, I'm I started from seed here at my house and I'll bring them over there. Cause at least over there, we got a deer fence and there's plenty of stuff. If a rabbit or a woodchuck get through the fence, they can, they can munch on stuff. That's a lot better than my, my little sunflowers I'm trying to grow. <laughs> I know we had such a mild winter too. Like everything has been just going full force rabbits everywhere. It really i know and now look at the heat that we're having here it's crazy it's crazy but um you know and the one thing i really try and do on a personal side of growing things is you know on my beds i i put my compost i've designed soils i did that so on and so forth but i'm really trying to strive to minimize watering and uh you know and, and i've done that i've done it kind of successfully in a sense because of replenishing the soils every year with my, with uh, with compost but i also you know the important thing too is is putting a good mulch layer on top too i don't think people really understand the importance of putting a good mulch layer. and i don't mean an inch you know putting a good mulch layer on the top of the soil just you know it pays dividends and i've i've really seen i mean you know, you don't live far from me and you're experiencing the same heat that we're getting here and the lack of rain. We finally gotten rain this past week. But um a lot of my stuff is doing really well and not without watering it. Yeah, I ran my well out on my house <laughs> last week. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I know it's bad. Live and learn. It really is. Yeah. Um so next question. What's your favorite yep. tool or piece of equipment that you use on your composting facility? Um they're all they're all unique in a sense but what what is really cool is the solar powered aeration system um you know a loader a front end loader is a front end loader a trommel screen is a trommel screen or a flat deck screen is a flat deck screen um the compost turner i've had them in the past uh so that's pretty those are pretty cool just because what they can do but it's you know it's a turner it's a glorified rototiller you know as i've i've always explained it um, but the cool thing is, is running solar power to run an aerated static pile. Now I'm not Google electricity. We don't get along at all, but it's pretty neat when you can harness the, the, the power of the sun and capture that stored in batteries or, you know, recharge your batteries and then store it, which will then run that run that blower so to see that work all the time now i've been doing that for i think i've been running that for about five six years now maybe longer i don't know um just to see that run in conjunction with an aerated static pile system an asp system to break that material down is pretty cool and the best part is i don't have to run it you know the suns were essentially running it and the microorganisms are breaking that material down so my hands-on approach is really hands-off you know how humans can mess things up yeah so you know the more you touch it the more you can mess it up so well, that's that's the whole <laughs> goal it. yeah goal is <laughs> less waste the better that's exactly right yes so um what's one word of advice or wisdom to all the farmers growers and composters out there um you, listen don't you can't give up you know it's it's again it's another it's another slang that's been thrown around um you know, I've, I've had plenty of people when I first started doing this, I started really composting in 2001. Um, and it was just predominantly horse manure and composting into a mulch. Um, 
I had numerous amounts of people tell me, how can you make a living at doing this? And, um, and it's really in the beginning, I didn't know. And, you know, when you have that negativity that's getting hit at you here and there, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I have very thick skin in a sense. Uh, you know, we've had some, from family issues, you know, with my oldest son now that have really, you know, made me think and develop things, mindsets and, and a, to be a, a stronger minded person. Um, so I, I always take that and I won't call it negativity that people are throwing at me regarding, you know, how can you make a living or why are you doing it and stuff. Um, I turn it into a positive because it's almost like when somebody says you can't, then I always say I can, or I'll figure it out how I can. And, um, but really what it, what it, what transpires is, you know, just over the years, more so in the past five years or so, really when I've been honing in on the compost, making a compost is, is just seeing, what people, the feedback that people give you. And that's rewarding in itself. When you put in so much time and effort, because believe me, you know, composting sounds real easy and it, and it truly, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I don't think a lot of people really, really understand that. And, um, it's, and again, like on my Instagram, I really try and focus on showing people what goes into it. I don't focus on saying, hey, my compost is better than, than this guy. And there's a lot of good stuff out there. I really try and show people, well, this is what goes into it. And these are the, the pros and the cons, the positive and the negative. But, you know, you just got to keep going forward because um, the end result is when somebody comes back to you and says, you know, I had such a great yield on, on my vegetable, my growths and stuff like that. Or even with some of the, the guys that I've, I've um that have done stuff for in the cannabis world, um, you know, on the medical side of things, it's, you know, to make something that can help people is, is what is truly rewarding on, on my end. Cause I don't get a lot, I don't get a lot of that feedback. You know, I, I thoroughly enjoy what I do because I know at the end it's going to benefit many different people in many different, um, social, uh, settings, um, and, uh, for the better. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, give me all your plugs where people can find you, contact you, all that. Yeah. So the website, our website is, uh, is newenglandcompost.com. Uh, we're based there in, in Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, more than happy to give anybody a tour around. We just, it's just by appointment only because we're just a small little, small little thing doing a uh, small little compost facility doing some big things, I guess. And our Facebook and uh, Instagram is at NE Compost and you can just follow follow along on that awesome it was good talking to you yeah you too thanks so much well that's it for this episode I'd like to thank Jeff for coming on you can find me on Instagram at Focus Seeds you can also check out my website FocusSeeds.com as well as send me an email at FocusSeeds at ProtonMail.com Focus is spelled P-H-O-C-A-S. Happy going. Peace.